All right, good morning. Uh, well, you can turn your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, I've been studying uh, the book of Colossians. So far, I've gone through uh, 15 or 14 verses, I believe. Uh, so chapter 1. Uh, and this morning, we'll be looking at verses 15 to 20. Uh, so if you turn there, we'll read through those to start. <clears throat> So Colossians in chapter 1, beginning in verse number 15, it reads, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and, though, and, through, him to re- and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So beginning in verse number 15, uh, it reads, He is the image of the invisible God. Uh, This is talking about Jesus Christ, uh, which we have read in verse 13 when it first uh, referenced him. So pretty much all through this uh, passage, wherever it says him, you could easily replace with Jesus. So Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Uh, Most people would agree that God is invisible. Uh, It's one of the first things you learn as a child. Uh, Your mum and dad, if you're in a Christian home, might say that uh, God is here, he's invisible, and he's everywhere. Uh, So don't be naughty or something like that. Uh, But to a lot of people, it's a stumbling block. How can they believe in something that they can't see? Uh, Or maybe you've heard people scoff, saying they're too old for imaginary friends. Seems to be a common one. Uh, Thankfully, we don't need to believe in blind faith, but we have a person to look to and share with others, Uh, this person who is the image of the invisible God. Different religions try to capture God's person in an object or a statue, Uh, These are inanimate objects that represent whichever God they choose. Uh, What we have is a living, animate person who is representing God. Not in the way that an ambassador might represent his king uh, in a foreign land, giving word and messages on behalf of his superior, uh, but rather Jesus is the exact replica of God in physical form. Uh, Not only does Paul say that Jesus is God, uh, but Jesus uh, says that he is God. Many times and in different ways, Jesus claims to be God, and it was not always so subtle. Uh, In fact, it was abrupt enough to make people pick up stones and want to kill him for what they saw as blasphemy. Uh, But by God's grace, we have a person who we can look to, uh, and even with our limited understanding, gain some small insight into the workings and character of God. Uh, We also have the opportunity to show others that the conversation doesn't have to end with an invisible God, but that there is a man who is God that we can look at. Uh, Verse number 15 also says, uh, continues on and says, the firstborn of all creation. Uh, This doesn't mean that he was the first one born onto earth. Uh, That would be Adam. Rather, it means the right to rule, uh, the firstborn, the heir, the ranking one, the one in authority. In the Jewish mind, the firstborn is the one who inherits everything. It doesn't necessarily mean that he has to, had to be born at all or that he had to be born first. 
uh, just that the inheritance was his. Uh, this is also stated in Psalm 89, verse 27, uh, which we already read this morning, which says, And I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Uh, this gives us the definition of what being made a firstborn is. The highest in authority, the supreme one, uh, the king of king and lord of lords in other places. Uh, another word for a person who has supreme power or authority is sovereign. Jesus is sovereign. Verse 16 included says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created. Now this is a simple truth. Jesus created all things. Uh, Hebrews 1 and verse 2, which is uh, parallel to this passage, uh, it says, His son, Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. And uh, John 1, 3 says, All things were made through him, and without him was not, was not anything made that was made. In other words, he made everything, and all, th- all things were created by him. Uh, creation helps to give us an idea of just how grand God is. And verse 16 says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Uh, I think at some point or another everyone has tried to contemplate the vastness of space and probably ended up with a bit of a headache if you have. Uh, but just to give you an idea, I'll give you a few stats, just a couple of uh, numbers, uh, some that you may have already been familiar with. And first of all, the fact that the sun is very big, uh, to put it lightly, or the earth is very small, depending on how you look at it. So you could fit 1.3 million earths inside of the sun, uh, which sounds fine just rolling off my tongue, but to actually think about the fact that uh, 1.3 million earths could fit inside of the sun that we look up at. So the sun takes up 99.86% of the mass of our solar system. So that's all the planets that you've probably learned about in school and things. Uh, yet there are known objects in space, space which make our sun look tiny. Uh, the moon is about 384,400 kilometres away. Uh, if you left now, you could walk there in about 27 years if you covered 38 kilometres a day. Uh, in contrast, a beam of light reaches the surface of the moon in one and a half seconds. If we could travel that fast, we could get to Mercury in four and a half minutes. Uh, we could get to Jupiter in 35 minutes. To get to Saturn would take about an hour. And that's only scratching the surface of the depth of what we know about space. And this is one of the most striking evidences of God. Looking up at the heavens on a quiet, clear night is enough to make anyone wonder about the validity of a puddle and a Big Bang. Uh, For by him were all things created in heaven and on earth, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He made everything and he reigns over everything. Thrones, dominions, rulers or authorities refer to the invisible world, the spiritual world and and ranks of angels. Uh, Saying that Jesus is not just another angel, he made them and reigns over them. The angel who declared the birth of Christ were the servants of the one they announced. They were made by him and through him. And not only did he make everything, but verse 17 says, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Uh, He is before all things. Jesus lived before he came to earth as a man. He existed in eternity with God. Uh, John 17, verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, talking to God, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do, 
And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus has always existed. Not only this, but in him all things hold together. Uh, this is talking about cohesion. He holds everything together. Hebrews 1.3 says he upholds the universe by his power. An example of this is the fact, uh, the way he upholds the earth itself. For example, uh, if the earth's rotation slowed at all, uh, we would alternate between freezing and burning. Uh, not uh, the best living conditions. The same would happen if we were any further away or closer to the sun. Uh, if the moon wasn't the distance that it is, the ocean tide would cover the planet twice a day. Uh, and it, I can imagine it would be easy to be afraid of the plight of the earth at any given moment if you didn't know who created it. Uh, but thankfully we have that assurance. Verse 18 moves from the area of creation to the area of redemption. Uh, it says, And he is the head of the body, the church. Uh, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. He is the head of the body of the church. This is something that we have looked at extensively and hopefully found to be true. Organically speaking, the head is the part that guides and also provides growth to the body. He is the one who began the church and said in Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It is he who recreates and gives new life. Paul says to the Ephesians in chapter 2 verse 10, you were created in Christ Jesus. He is the one who makes new creatures. The next part of verse 18 says that he is the beginning. Now, this has the meaning of the source of the church, the generating energy of it. Primarily, though, it means that Christ is supreme in rank. And this ties in with Christ being the head of the church, but now not only in a creator way, but in a way that deserves honour. Now, the reason that Jesus deserves this honour is found in the next part of the verse, which says that he is the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn is the same word as uh, we looked at earlier, which means the highest ranking one, the one in authority. Uh, it's not saying that he was the first one to rise from the dead. There were others who rose before him. Uh, and Jesus himself raised people from the dead. Uh, but what it's saying here is that from all those who have been resurrected, he is the chief one, he is the supreme one. Uh, in summary, Paul says that he is preeminent, <clears throat> basically wrapping everything up. Uh, he says there is no other in this category. He is distinguished, incomparable, matchless. Nobody who has ever lived or will ever live is in this category with Jesus Christ. He gave birth to the church, gave life to the church, and he gives guidance to the church. He was resurrected. <clears throat> resurrected and is supreme and to further compound this point Paul continues in verse 19 saying for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell uh, this was completely in the face of those uh, around the Colossian church who were saying that Christ uh, was just a lesser God coming down from the all-powerful God uh, Paul states clearly that in Jesus dwells the fullness of God his attributes weren't divvied out uh, they weren't given to anyone else there is only one like God, and that is Jesus. <clears throat> but one question that comes from considering that is why? Why would God become a man? Why was he born that men would treat him the way they did? And that answer is found in verse 13 uh, and also in verse 20 of Colossians 1, which says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. And And following on in verse 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. He became a man to make peace, peace between God and man. There is a war raging between man and God. Sinful man fires at God with hatred and indifference. God's wrath is justifiably poured out on us, but Christ sacrifices himself that we might have peace with God. Only the firstborn of creation, the preeminent God, could stand to reach between sinful man and holy God and reconcile the two. Uh, We have a lot to be thankful for in all of this. Uh, We need to thank God for sending Jesus uh, so that we have the image of God that we can more easily understand and learn from. And we can be thankful that God shows his glory in the vastness uh, and intricacies of creation and that he holds it all together every moment. Uh, But maybe above all these... We can be thankful for what we learn and read uh, in Philippians 2, 6-11, which I'll finish with, which says, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thanks, Terry.